بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Continuing on with the biography of the great Khalifa Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu Umar radiallahu anhu, he was one of the closest companions to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Second only to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So he was very close to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and very beloved to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And from the closeness of that relationship, from the closeness of the relationship between the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu was the fact that Hafsah, the daughter of Umar was one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Hafsah radiallahu anha, she was from the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. She is from the mother, she is from the mothers of the believers. She was from the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this cemented the relationship between Umar and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar radiallahu anha, he mentions an incident that happened towards the later years of the Prophet Sallallahu time in Al-Madinah. So towards the latter portion of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu in Medina, an incident happened that Umar Radiallahu narrates himself and it really shows the relationship between Umar and the Prophet Sallallahu and it shows the concern that Umar radiallahu had for the happiness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Umar radiallahu he narrates that at that time he was doing some work with a friend of his from the Ansar. So Umar radiallahu he had a partner from the Ansar, from the people of Medina. And these two were doing some type of work together on the outskirts of Medina, not inside the main part of the city but on the outskirts of the city they were doing some work and in order for them to keep connected with what was going on in Medina and to keep connected with news from the Prophet ﷺ, with revelation that is coming to the Prophet ﷺ, in order to remain connected with that even though they were on the outskirts of Medina they came up with a system where they were doing this work together and they would take turns, they would take shifts in their work. So one day Umar would work on the outskirts of Medina and his partner would go into the city. He would go into Medina and he would go to the Prophet ﷺ, get new information if there was any new revelation that was revealed. He would get the news of Medina and then he would come back in the night and he would tell Umar what he learned whatever the news from Medina for that day was. Then the next day, they would switch shifts. So the man from the Ansar, he would work on the outskirts of Medina and Umar radiallahu anhu, he would go into Medina. And he would sit with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, learn if there was any new revelation, get the information from the city. And then in the night, he would go back and he would tell his friend whatever he had learned. So they would be taking these turns so that each one of them could keep up with whatever the news of Medina is and whatever the news of the Prophet ﷺ is. So it just shows how keen they were to make sure that they stay in the loop of receiving the knowledge that they needed to receive. 
So they would keep up with this and Umar mentions that the women of the Quraysh, Umar he was from the Quraysh and the Prophet was from the Quraysh and the Muhajireen, they're all from the Quraysh. But now they're staying in Medina. So Umar he mentions that the women of the Quraysh, the women from Mecca, that they were generally very submissive to their husbands. They would immediately obey any commands that came from their husbands. They wouldn't argue with their husbands. They wouldn't talk back to their husbands. They wouldn't raise their voices with their husbands. This was the way of the women of Mecca, the women of the Quraysh. And as for the women of the Ansar, the women of Medina, they were different. Their personality was different. So they would sometimes argue with their husbands. They would talk back to their husbands. Sometimes they would raise their voices with their husbands. So Umar he narrates that one day while he was in Medina, he had an argument with his wife. Umar had an argument with his wife and she spoke back to him. She spoke back to him. And he was surprised. My wife is speaking back to me. This never used to happen before. Now my wife, she's speaking back to me. So he was surprised and he was upset. And he actually said to her, how dare you speak back to me? What makes you think that you can speak back to me? And then the wife of Umar radiallahu an, she said, even the wives of Rasulullah, the wives of the Messenger of Allah, they talk back to him. They talk back to him. So, why wouldn't I speak back to you? If even the wives of the Messenger can speak back to him, then I can speak back to you as well. And the most shocking thing about this statement for Umar was not concern for himself, but rather concern for the Prophet Instead of thinking about himself that his wife is speaking back to him, now his concern completely shifted from himself to the Prophet So he said to his wife, they do that? The wives of Rasulullah actually speak back to him? And then she confirmed to him, she said, yes, they do. And sometimes if they're upset because of an argument that they may have had with him, sometimes they don't talk to him for the rest of the day. They don't talk to him for the rest of the day until the night. And then Umar he was, he was shocked at this, that the wives of the Prophet they get in arguments with him. And sometimes when they're upset, they don't even talk to him for the day until nightfall comes. So he was so surprised at that. And he became afraid for his daughter, Hafsa radiallahu anha, one of the wives of the Prophet he thought to himself, what if Hafsa is speaking back to the Prophet what if she makes him upset by speaking back to him? Perhaps if she does that and the Prophet becomes angry with her or upset with her, maybe the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might come to her for angering the messenger of Allah. So he became very afraid for his daughter. And he said, How dare can any one of the wives of the Prophet talk back to him? How can they do this? How can they do this? And how can they stay upset to the extent where they don't talk to him for the rest of the day? They actually don't talk to the Prophet ﷺ for the rest of the day out of their own being upset? How can they do this with the Messenger of Allah ﷺ? And he said, he said, جَاءَتْ مَنْ فَعَلَتْ ذَلِكَ مِنْهُنَّ بِعَظِيمٍ Whoever does this from amongst the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever talks back to him, they have done something huge. They have done, done something very severe and very serious. So Umar radiallahu anhu was shocked and he was upset by this news. 
So immediately after hearing this, he went into the city. He went into the city straight to the home of his daughter Hafsa radiallahu anha. And he sat with his daughter and he asked her, Ya Hafsa, do you wives of the Prophet وسلم, you and the other wives of the Prophet وسلم, is it true that sometimes you get in an argument with him and then you don't talk to him until nightfall? I heard this, so I'm just coming to you to confirm. Is this true or not? And then Hafsa radiallahu anha, she confirmed it. She said, yes, sometimes this happens. Sometimes we talk back to him. Sometimes we get upset and we don't talk with him until nightfall. So then Umar radiallahu anha, after this was confirmed to him, he was very upset. And he said to his daughter, Ya Hafsa, khibti wa khasirti. Oh Hafsa, you have failed and you have lost. By doing this, by having this type of behavior with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this is a huge loss for you and this is a failure on your part. And then he said to her, aren't you afraid that by dealing like this with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that you may make him upset and if you make him upset, what will save you from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And then he advised her. He advised his daughter. He said, look, don't ever, ever raise your voice to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Don't ever talk back to him. Even if he's angry with you and he's upset with you, don't talk back to him. And also don't ask him for too many things. Don't make too many demands from him. Because that might bother him. That might annoy him. The Prophet ﷺ with his wives, they lived a very simple life. They didn't have much in terms of this dunya. And the Prophet ﷺ was satisfied with that. He didn't have any care for this dunya. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to his daughter Hafsa radiallahu anha, look, don't ask him for anything. Don't ask him for too many things. That might bother him. If you need anything, if you need anything in terms of these, these dunya things, then don't ask him. Just come to me. Come to your father. I will try to help you with whatever you need. But don't ask the Prophet wasallam too many demands because that may, that may make him upset. And if he becomes upset with you, then what will happen to you? So this is the advice that he gave his daughter. And then he continued with her. He said, and don't think that if your neighbor, Aisha radiallahu anha, that was another of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu Aisha radiallahu anha. So Umar said to Hafsa, don't think that if Aisha is interacting with the Prophet sallallahu in that way, if she's talking back to him, if she's upset with him and she's not talking to him for the rest of the day until nightfall, don't think that if Aisha radiallahu anha is doing that, then you can do it too. Don't think that if she is doing it, then you can also do that. And then he said, Aisha is more beautiful than you and she is more beloved to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam than you are. So just because she's doing it, don't let that make you think that you can also do the same thing. Be careful, beware of this. So this was the advice that Umar radiallahu anhu gave to his daughter Hafsa radiallahu anha. And you can see the concern that Umar has for his daughter and also the concern that Umar has for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wants to make sure that he's happy. Wants to make sure that, that no one annoys him, that no one bothers him, that he's comfortable in his family life. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he showed this concern for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam.
So he gave this advice to his daughter and he said, I'm warning you. I'm giving you this warning. I'm warning you of the anger of Allah and his messenger. So make sure you don't do anything that will get you the anger of the messenger of Allah or get you the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after giving this advice to his daughter, Hafsa radiallahu anha, after giving this advice, then Umar radiallahu anhu, he left the house of Hafsa and he went to the house of Umm Salama. Umm Salama. She is another one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another one from Ummahatul Mu'mineen. Umm Salama radiallahu anha. And Umm Salama was also related to Umar. She was also related to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu So Umar thought, okay, let me go to her too. And I will advise her as well, just like I advised Hafsa. Let me advise Umm Salama as well. So he went to the home of Umm Salama and he advised her with the same advice that he gave to his daughter Hafsa. Don't annoy the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Don't talk back to him. Don't make too many demands of him. He gave this advice to Umm Salama as well. Now Umm Salama, she didn't like Umar radiallahu an getting involved in this matter. She felt that this is, this is something that is personal between the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his wives. And Umar radiallahu an should not be getting involved in it. So she was actually upset when Umar gave her this advice. And she said it to him. She made it clear to him. She said, I'm shocked at you, O son of Al-Khattab. I'm shocked at you, Ya Umar. I'm surprised that you would talk like this. You get involved in everything. You get involved in every matter. And now you want to get involved in matters that are between the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his wives? Even this you want to get involved in? Why do you need to get involved in these personal matters? So she got upset with Umar And then after Umar heard this from her, he left. He left. And he was actually shooken up a little bit by these words from Umm Salama. But still, even so, he was very worried. He was very worried that this behavior from the wives of the Prophet might lead to some very bad consequences. He was afraid that maybe the Prophet would get tired of them and he would divorce them or maybe he would get angry with them and then the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would come upon his wife. So he was afraid and very worried about these things. All right. So Umar and after giving this advice, he went back to his place on the outskirts of Medina and he continued his work with his friend from the Ansar. All right, one of the days it was Umar anhu's day to work and it was his friend from the Ansar, his day to go into the city and get news of Medina and news from the Prophet So that day Umar was on the outskirts and his friend was in Medina. Then the night came and his friend from the Ansar came back to the outskirts of Medina and he banged hard on the door of Umar ibn al-Khattab like there is some big news. Umar radiallahu anhu was inside his dwelling and this man from the Ansar, he has just come back from Medina banging on the door of Umar. Like get up and open the door quickly. So Umar radiallahu anhu is shocked. Who is this? What's going on? Something big must have happened that he's banging on my door like this. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he quickly went to the door and he saw his friend from the Ansar who had just come from Medina and he said to him, what? what's going on? What happened? And his friend says, Hadatha amrun azim. Hadatha amrun azim that something huge has happened. Something huge has happened. And during that period of time, 
the Muslims were expecting that the Christians of Ghassan might come and attack Medina. The Christians of Ghassan who lived in the area of Sham, Syria, Jordan, that area, and they were under the umbrella of the Byzantine Roman Empire. There had been some uh, interactions and some scuffles between them and the Muslims. And the Muslims of Medina were getting prepared, they were ready, and they were expecting that perhaps any time these Christians from Ghassan might try to come into Medina and attack them. So they were on high alert from a possible attack of the Christians of Ghassan. So when this man comes, bangs on the door of Umar and he says, Hadatha amrun azim, that something huge has happened in Medina, something huge has happened. The first thought that came to the mind of Umar was that perhaps the Christians of Ghassan, they have come to Medina and attacked Medina. So he said, Aja'at Ghassan, that have the Ghassasina, the Christians of Ghassan, have they come and invaded Medina? Is that what you're talking about? And then the man, he said, La, bal a'zamu minhu. He said, no, the Christians of Ghassasina have not come and attacked Medina, but something even bigger than that has happened. Something even more serious than that has happened. So Omar is thinking, like, what, what can be more serious than Medina being invaded by the disbelievers? What can be more serious than that? So he asked the man, what, what, what happened? And then the man from the Ansar said, طَلَّقَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَزْوَاجَهِ That the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has divorced his wives. He has divorced all of his wives. So then Umar radiallahu he immediately felt a sense of extreme fear for his daughter Hafsa radiallahu anha. And he said, Oh no, if the Messenger of Allah has divorced his wives and Hafsa is amongst them, then surely Hafsa has failed and she has lost. She has failed and she has lost. So Umar he could not remain patient upon this, hearing this news. So immediately, it's, it's night, it's the middle of the night. Umar radiallahu anhu, he didn't stay there in the outskirts of Medina. He put on his clothes and he went in the middle of the night to Medina. He went into the city. And he waited for Fajr time. And he prayed Fajr in the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam led the Fajr prayer in al-Masjid al-Nabawi. And after the prayer, Without speaking to anyone, the Prophet wasallam he went into his mashrubah. The mashrubah is like an upper level dwelling. Like a room that the Prophet wasallam had on an upper level. So after finishing Salat al-Fajr, without talking to anyone, the Prophet wasallam goes up to his mashrubah, to his upper level room. And Umar an, he goes to his daughter. He goes to the house of Hafsa anha, And he goes to her house and she's there in her house crying. She's crying. And then Umar radiallahu anhu says to his daughter, Why are you crying? Didn't I warn you? Didn't I advise you? Didn't I warn you not to bother the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And now look what has happened. And then he asked her, Has the Messenger of Allah divorced you? Has the Messenger of Allah divorced you? You and his other wives. And then Hafsa radiallahu anha, she said, La adri. She said, I don't know. I don't know. So then Umar radiallahu an, 
without getting a clear answer regarding the situation. Did the Prophet ﷺ actually divorce his wives or no? He still doesn't have a clear answer. And the Prophet ﷺ has gone into his room. So Umar he goes back to the masjid. He sees some people by the mimbar of the masjid. He sees some people by the mimbar of the masjid sitting there crying. Just sitting there and crying. And why are they crying? Because they know that something big has happened between the Prophet ﷺ and his wives. They know that the Prophet ﷺ was upset with his wives. And due to the Prophet ﷺ becoming upset, they were also upset. The happiness of the Prophet ﷺ was more important to the Sahaba than their own happiness. So if they see the Prophet ﷺ is sad, he's upset, then that affects them hugely. So they were sitting by the member crying, crying because the Prophet ﷺ is upset and he's not happy. Look at the love that they had in their hearts for the Prophet ﷺ. Crying at the sadness of the Prophet ﷺ. So sitting there by the member crying. Umar he goes and he sits with them for a while. But he couldn't remain patient just sitting there for long. So he goes up to the mashruba, to the upper level room of the Prophet ﷺ, hoping that he can speak to the Prophet ﷺ. And there's a servant of the Prophet ﷺ at the door. So Umar he says to that servant, can you go and tell the Messenger of Allah ﷺ that Umar asks for permission to come in and see, see him. So the servant said, okay. So Umar is waiting at the door. The servant, he goes in and he talks to the Prophet ﷺ, saying that Umar is here. And he's asking for permission to see you. And the Prophet ﷺ remains silent. He didn't say anything. So then the servant comes out and he says to Umar that I told him that you're here and that you're asking permission to come in, but he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. So Umar realizes this means that he has not been given permission to come in. So he, goes, he leaves. And he goes back to the member where those people are sitting and crying and he sits with them for a little while. But... He stayed with them for a little while. He still could not remain patient much longer. He went back a second time to the upper level room of the Prophet ﷺ to ask for permission again. So he asked the servant, can you go in and say that Umar is here and he wants permission to see the Prophet ﷺ. So the servant says, okay, goes in, asks the Prophet ﷺ, tells him that Umar is here and he wants permission to see you. Again, the Prophet ﷺ is silent. He didn't say anything. So the servant comes out and tells Umar that I told him that you're here. But he didn't say anything. So Umar realizes, okay, it means he still doesn't want to give me permission yet. So he leaves. And he goes back to the member again. And he sits with those people for some time longer. Again, he could not remain patient for much longer. He got up again for a third time. He goes to the upper level room of the Prophet ﷺ and asks the servant the same thing. Can you go and ask him to give Umar permission that he wants to see him? So the servant goes in, asks the Prophet ﷺ. Again, the Prophet ﷺ doesn't say anything for the third time. The servant comes out and tells Umar radiallahu an that I told him and he didn't say anything. So now Umar radiallahu an he realizes, okay, this is three times and he's not giving me permission. I guess he doesn't want to talk to me right now. So Umar radiallahu an he starts to leave. So he's leaving, he's going away. And as he was walking away, the servant catches up with him and calls him back. And he says, okay, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, yes, you can come in and you can see him. So Umar radiallahu an he's happy with this. He says, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go in and talk to the Prophet So he goes inside the room of the Prophet and he finds the Prophet lying down 
on a mat that he had in the room. And this is a very rough mat. It is not a smooth mat with smooth fabric or nothing like that. Rather, it is a very rough mat. So rough that the Prophet ﷺ was lying down on it and the marks could be seen on his skin from the roughness of that mat. You know when you sit on something rough, it kind of indents your skin. So he was lying down on that mat and it was so rough that it actually made marks on the skin of the Prophet ﷺ. This was the simplicity of the life that the Prophet ﷺ led. So Umar an, he sees the Prophet ﷺ lying down on this rough mat. He gives salam to the Prophet ﷺ. Now Umar is still standing up. He gives salam to the Prophet ﷺ and then he asks immediately. He immediately asks the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, Atallaqta nisa'ak? O Messenger of Allah, have you divorced your wives? Is it true that you have divorced your wives? And the Prophet ﷺ looked up at Umar an, and he said, La. He said, No, I didn't divorce them. I did not divorce them. So this is a huge relief for Umar ibn al-Khattab Alhamdulillah. He has not divorced Hafsa, and he has not divorced Umm Salama, and he has not divorced any of his wives, Alhamdulillah. That that news was incorrect. So this is a huge burden lifted off of Umar ibn al-Khattab and a huge relief for Umar So now, after feeling this relief, he still sees that the Prophet ﷺ, even though he didn't divorce his wives, he can still see that the Prophet ﷺ is not happy, that he is upset. So he wants to cheer the Prophet ﷺ up. He wants to lighten the mood of the Prophet ﷺ. Again, it just shows their love for the Prophet ﷺ. They didn't like to see him upset. They didn't like to see him sad. They wanted him to be happy. So they would do anything to cheer him up if they saw that he was not happy. So Umar عنه, seeing that the Prophet ﷺ was sad, he wanted to make him happy and cheer him up. So he starts talking to the Prophet ﷺ and he's still standing up. Umar has not sat down yet. He's still standing up. And he says to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, you know, our women of the Quraysh, they used to be so submissive to us. They used to be so obedient to us. They used to never talk back to us. They used to never raise their voices at us. They used to never argue with us. But now, since we moved to Medina, our women have become influenced by the women of the Ansar who talk back to their husbands and get in arguments with their husbands. Now our Qureshi women, the women from the Quraysh, they have become influenced by the women of the Ansar. So now they have started doing that as well. They have started talking back to us and arguing with us. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he said it in a light way. In a light way to cheer up the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he smiled. He smiled when Umar radiallahu anhu said this. And Umar was very happy to see the smile on the face of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he said, look, it's working. He's cheering up, alhamdulillah. So then Umar continues to cheer him up more. And then he said, Ya Rasulullah, you know, I told my daughter, I actually went to Hafsa. I told my daughter that don't think that if your neighbor, don't think that if Aisha radiallahu anha is talking back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, don't think that you can do the same thing as well. And I told her, Ya Rasulullah, I told Hafsa that Aisha is more beautiful than you and Aisha is more beloved to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam than you. I told this to Hafsa. And then the Prophet ﷺ smiled again. 
He smiled again. So Umar radiallahu anhu, now he's very happy that the Prophet even though he was so sad, now he's cheering up. So then after seeing the Prophet smile for the second time, now Umar radiallahu anhu, he sits down. He sits down. And when he sits down, he looks around the small room of the Prophet this mashrubah, this upper level room of the Prophet And he said, there was nothing in that room. There was nothing in that room that would make you look twice. Like sometimes if you go to someone's home and they have a lot of nice things and you see something, you will look twice at it to admire this, right? But he said in the room of Rasulullah there was nothing that would even catch the attention of your eyes. There was nothing that would make you take a second look. That's how simple it was. Nothing was there. Very, very simple. So Umar when he saw this, he said to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah gives your ummah wealth. Like look at, look at this room of yours, Ya Rasulullah. There's nothing here. Make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this ummah wealth. And then he said to the Prophet wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, the Romans, the Byzantines, the Persians, these people, even though they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Byzantines don't worship, don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Persians, they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them so much wealth. They live lavishly. They live luxuriously, these different empires. The Byzantine Empire and the Persian Empire. Their kings and their rulers, they live very lavishly. And they have so much wealth, even though they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are Muslims, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses this ummah with wealth. And when the Prophet heard these words from Umar radiallahu anhu, he was lying down and now he got up, he sat up. And he said to Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, He said, do you have any doubt, O son of Khattab? Do you have any doubt, O son of Al-Khattab? Those people who you are talking about, the Byzantines, the Persians, those people, they are people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them their tayyibat. He has given them good things and wealth and all of this luxury. He has given it to them in this dunya. But in the akhirah, they don't have anything. That is their situation. They have all of this in the dunya, but in the akhirah they don't have anything. Aren't you happy, Ya Umar? Aren't you satisfied that those people, they can have the dunya? Let the Byzantines have the dunya. Let them be rich. Let the Persians have the dunya. Let them be rich. Aren't you satisfied that they can have the dunya, but we get the akhirah? That we get Jannah? Aren't you satisfied with that? Aren't you happy with that? Aren't you pleased with that? Oh, Ibn al-Khattab, oh, Umar. And then Umar radiallahu anh realized the truth in the words of the Prophet sallallahu Yeah. Why do we need this dunya? This is just temporary. It doesn't have any value or it doesn't have meaning. We don't need this. Rather, we should strive for the akhirah, which is, وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى that the Akhirah, it is better than this dunya and it is everlasting while this dunya is temporary. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he realized this. 
And then he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, istaghfirli. Istaghfirillahali. Ya Rasulullah, ask Allah for forgiveness for me. That I should not have said this, Ya Rasulullah. Ask Allah to forgive me. And the Prophet ﷺ, he made dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives Umar radiallahu an. So this was the conversation between Umar radiallahu an and the Prophet sallallahu and it just shows the closeness that they had, the closeness that they had with each other. So during this incident, the Prophet sallallahu he stayed away from his wives because he was upset with them. He didn't divorce them, but he was upset with them. He stayed away from them for a whole month to teach them a lesson. He stayed away from them for a whole month. And after 29 days were over, after staying away from them for 29 days, the first wife that he came to was Aisha radiallahu anha. So he goes to the home of Aisha radiallahu anha after spending 29 days away from his wives. And then Aisha radiallahu anha, she's surprised. She was expecting he would stay away because he said he's going to stay away from them for one month. So now it's 29 days. She was expecting 30 days. And she was counting every day one by one because of course this was something that was heavy upon her and the other wives of the Prophet ﷺ as well that he's going to stay away from us for a whole month. So they're counting the days one by one. Okay, this is day one, this is day two, this is day three. So she had a perfect count of the days. So when the Prophet ﷺ came to her, she said, Ya Rasulullah, you said one month but this is only 29 days and I've been counting them one by one. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, 29 days. 29 days is a month. 29 days is a month, right? A month can be 29 days or it can be 30 days. And it happens to be that this particular month, it was 29 days. So he said to her, 29 days is a month. So the Prophet ﷺ ended that period of isolation from his wives. And they learned their lesson, alhamdulillah, from this. And it was around this period of time that the ayah of At-Takhir was revealed. This is an ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told Aisha radiallahu anha, he told her that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed these verses and I'm going to give you a choice. These verses tell me to give you a choice. The wives of the Prophet ﷺ were to be given a choice. So I'm going to give you this choice, but don't answer me immediately. Don't think that you have to answer me immediately. First, you can consult your parents and get their advice regarding what you should answer me. So I'm going to give you the choice. Don't give me an answer yet. Talk to your parents and then come back with an answer. And then Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Ya Rasulullah, I know for sure, whatever the choice is, I know for sure that my parents would never ever tell me to make a choice to leave you. I can tell you that for sure. That my parents would never ever tell me to make a choice that means leaving you. So then the Prophet ﷺ recited the verses to Aisha radiallahu anha. The verses that have this choice. And the verses go, Ya ayyuhan nabiyu, qul li azwajika. إِن كُنْتُنَّ تُرِدْنَا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَزِينَتَهَا فَتَعَالَيْنَا أُمَتِّعْكُنَّ وَأُسَرِّحْكُنَّ سَرَاحًا جَمِيلًا وَإِن كُنْتُنَّ تُرِدْنَا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَعَدَّ لِلْمُحْسِنَاتِ مِنْكُنَّ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O Prophet, say to your wives 
if you want the life of this world and if you want the adornments of the life of this world if you're interested in the life of this world then come I will give you some money and I will set you free if you want this dunya if you're interested in this dunya then I will give you wealth I will give you money and I will divorce you if that's the choice that you make but if you want Allah if you want Allah and if you want his messenger and if you want the abode of the hereafter if you want Jannah then surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for those who do good amongst you a great reward so you have a choice here you can either choose the dunya and the Prophet ﷺ, he will give you wealth and he will set you free or you can choose to stay with Rasulullah but then be prepared to live a life where you don't have much of this dunya. So you make a choice. Either stay with the Prophet and don't have much of this dunya or choose this dunya. The Prophet will give you wealth and he will divorce you. So make this choice. So this was the choice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet ﷺ to give to all of his wives. So the first wife that the Prophet ﷺ presented this choice to was Aisha radiallahu anha. And before he told her, he said to her, don't give me an answer immediately. Talk to your parents first and then give me an answer. But when Aisha radiallahu anha heard the verses and heard what the choice is, the choice is between taking this dunya or staying with Rasulullah as a wife of Rasulullah. This is the choice. And when she heard this, she said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, That Ya Rasulullah, do I need to even consult my parents for this? I don't need to consult my parents for this. This is an easy choice. I don't need to consult my parents for this. I make my choice. Surely I want Allah. I want His Messenger. And I want the abode of the hereafter. I want Jannah. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she made her choice. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam went to all of his wives and he recited the same verses to them. And they all made the same choice. They all said, we don't need the dunya. We want Allah and his messenger and the abode of the akhirah. We choose this. So this was the response of all of our mothers, all of the ummahat al-mu'mineen radiallahu anhunna ajma'in. So this story, beautiful story, it really shows the closeness that Umar radiallahu an had with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how he discussed this matter with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how he was so concerned for the happiness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how he was so concerned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Hafsa radiallahu anha and the other wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, all of them should have a good marriage and a happy relationship. This was something that was very important to Umar ibn al-Khattab. And this, short, this story really shows that closeness that they had. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to benefit from the knowledge that he teaches us. And inshallah, next week we will continue with the biography of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Inshallah, barakallahu feekum. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.